Welcome to Naval Gazing, the Valley Indie Podcast. My name is Eugene Driscoll of the Valley Indie. It's a nonprofit online newspaper in Connecticut covering Ansonia, Derby, and Seymour. Find us at valleyindie.org, Valley Independent Sentinel, Facebook.com, Valley Independent Sentinel, Twitter, we're Valley Indie, I think. Anyway, today is Wednesday, August 31st, and it's been a very busy news week. Maybe two weeks here at the Valley Indy. Last week, Derby made international headlines when the body of Stephen Hoffenberg, a former business associate of Jeffrey Epstein, of all people, was found dead in an apartment in Derby. Police said there were no obvious signs of foul play. Friends and family said Hoffenberg was having health problems. Medical examiner never called me back last week with the cause and manner of death. And to be honest, I have not had a free moment to check up on that. Sorry about that. And by the way, a cause of death is literally what it is. Manner of death helps decide, uh, helps the police decide which way to go. Homicide, accident, et cetera, et cetera. On Monday, the Ansonia Planning and Zoning Commission started its review of a site plan to redevelop land on Olson Drive going to be turned into a private sports complex as I literally trip over my tongue. Two or three tenants have already been signed on, I was told by the developer in an email. Uh, the mayor on his own, quote unquote, ordered parking to be added to Olson Drive in anticipation of future development of the road. Uh, we published a story explaining that those new spaces are not included in any calculation or site plan for the project that is currently under review by the P and Z. It would take me 45 minutes to describe uh, that whole or rehash that whole situation, but I'm not going to do that. Please see valleyindy.org. We've published two stories on it within the last seven days using all the information that we were able to obtain. In Seymour, meanwhile, I stumbled across a lawsuit where the Seymour building inspector is asking a judge to force compliance at Tritown Plaza, the underdeveloped shopping center off Route 8 on the Ansonia-Seymour border. Building official in court documents points out that a partial teardown of the structure there left behind a host of safety issues. And as part of that lawsuit, there's a cross-claim, because the ownership there is pretty confusing. The land is owned by a family trust, Shaw Family Trust, I believe it was called, and a separate LLC out of state. They're the owners. Ron Spector, who's been sort of the face of Tritown Plaza forever and been in the news locally for a long time, he is the controller of the LLC that owns and operates the shopping center itself. So according to court documents, you got the owner, the trust in the separate LLC, and then Spector's group, another LLC, as a tenant. So are we confused by that? Yeah. That story generated a ton of comments. I mean, one of the things... In that cross-claim, did I just say this? He's trying to, the, the, the owners are possibly trying to force out Ron Spector, it sounded like they're saying he might be in default of his lease. We'll see what happens there. Obviously, there's, Tritown Plaza is just one of those stories, but that's probably why it generated a ton of comments on Valley Indy Facebook, including from Mr. Spector himself, who basically laid out his side of the story to some extent, and then addressed individually concerns raised by Valley Indy readers. 
All right, so yeah, that was all that. But I know I haven't done a navel gazing in forever. I don't even remember the last time I was able to put together a straight news podcast. It's kind of tough. I'm 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 a one man operation. You know, I have I have a freelancer who publishes four stories a week, but doing a podcast alone is a pain in the butt. I really uh, miss having a co-host. I would have Kurt Miller on all the time, but all the guy wants to talk about is bond ratings. How how, how often can you hear somebody go on and on about bond ratings? But and, you know, anyway, so I had a lot of stuff going on. I've been doing another podcast that I incorporated into the Valley Indie stuff. People are listening. Thank you. We're getting a lot of hate mail. I appreciate that. It's called Insufferable Bastards. I do it on a Saturday. I don't do it. It doesn't impede on my regular workload for the Valley Indie. But it's tough to, like, report and write and then edit Gene Fabel-Sasnovich's stories and then try to put together two separate podcasts. I've been failing at that. But, uh, oh, I do have Christine Caprolozzi coming up. In the next episode of this podcast, she puts on CT Horror Fest every year, lives in the Valley, and is putting that on in Naugatuck in September. So we have that going on. But anyway, okay, I'm blabbing. purpose of this podcast is to explore a little bit, for I think the public good, a conflict that has been simmering and festering in and boiling over in Derby for a bunch of months now. So... In Derby, I don't think it's any secret that there's been political fighting happening between Mayor Rich Zekin's administration and, to varying degrees, the Democratic majority on the board of aldermen and aldermen. I'm going to try to quickly lay this out as objectively as I can, understanding, talking about this, it's stepping on toes and it can be uncomfortable. And every time I address this issue, there's a comment or, or an email sort of uh, kicking me in the shins for it. But anyway, there are a million different avenues or angles to explain this. I'm just trying to lay it out there for the public's benefit so they have an understanding of what's going on because it does, you know, fighting among different uh, political groups in a community or a town or a city can have an impact on public policy. So I'm just laying it out there, like I said. So the Zekin administration, I don't even know who to, whose side do I give first. Is there like, should I flip a coin because is there a fairness thing there? I don't know. The Zekin administration has said Democratic majority on the board of aldermen has been working to basically slow things down in Derby by doing things like not adding items to an aldermanic agenda, right? That was an accusation in December, January. And then by abusing allegedly the aldermanic subcommittee process by taking discussion items, things the mayor says he wants to do, and letting them die on the vine in subcommittee, by keeping them in subcommittee forever, according to the Zika administration. It's sort of like, you know, subtle sabotage, according to them. So from the Zekin point of view, or his administration's point of view, as embodied in Walt Mayhew, his chief of staff, who's sort of the public face of the administration, when it comes to, like, legislative meetings, they're just trying to do things by the book, the book being the Derby City Charter, an example, the mayor or the mayor's office now puts together the meeting agenda for the Board of Aldermen each month. And those agendas have eliminated things that were on there for a long time, like department head reports, which used to be shared with the public and aired in public at those meetings. Another example, only the mayor now can commit, can, I'm just commit, can create subcommittees and appoint people to those subcommittees, according to an opinion from Vincent Marino. Derby's Corporation Council. So the Zekin administration is saying, you know, we have business to do. We got 
goals to accomplish, and this is how we do it according to the city charter. They're saying these changes, quote unquote, aren't really changes. It's just that Derby government had been doing things by tradition, not by the charter. And now we, being the Zika administration, is just following the charter. And we have these opinions and statements from the Corporation Council backing us up. Okay. Go to the other side. You have the Democrats saying like, nah, this isn't the charter. You're just trying to blatantly politicize everything and steamroll the opposition party. Limit public discussion on things. It's just an old school power grab. Mark Garofalo, the town clerk who's a former mayor, has disagreed repeatedly in public with the Corporation Council's interpretation of the charter. I'm going to play a clip from the August 11th meeting where Marino and Garofalo go at it a little bit. And the Democrats have essentially said, look, let's not beat around the bush here. The meetings became confrontational once Walt Mayhew was hired as the chief of staff in January, and that Mayor Zekin sort of lays back and lets his chief of staff run amok, according to them. Chief of staff, for his part, has basically said, hey, look, I took this job to help the city where I was born. I'm just working my fingers to the bone and to move the city forward. And these Democrats are essentially just being obstructionists, trying to stop any type of progress we're trying to make. Then outside of all that, You have the fact that Mayhew ran with the Democrats and was voted city treasurer and to the tax board as a Democrat and then joined the administration, the Zeke administration, at the beginning of this year. So, I mean, locally, it's not unusual, especially as as far as I can tell in the Valley, for people to switch political affiliations or or candidates, you know, at this local level. But uh, I guess it's kind of seasoning on this derby dispute, which now really comes up at every alderman slash alderwomen meeting. So that brings me to the audio from the August 11th meeting. I'm running out of breath just sitting here in my living room talking about this. It's a miracle COVID didn't kill me. That's how out of shape I am. Just doing a podcast makes me lose my breath. It's, it, if this doesn't prove vaccines work, I don't know what did. The fact that COVID entered my house and I apparently didn't get it, uh, you know, so, so I, I survived. Uh, so anyway, yeah, all right, a tangent there. So the, this conflict and, and sort of this, these issues and these procedural things came up at this August 11th meeting. What you have essentially now is a lot of Derby officials are essentially beating themselves up with Robert's rules of order and the charter and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and it's August 11th meeting, what they're talking about, there's the senior center issue in Derby, right? There's been a proposal on the table for a while now to close the Derby senior center and merge with a new Ansonia Senior Center that's under construction at 65 Main Street. Now, this is an issue where both sides are accusing the other other of political maneuvering. The Zika administration wants to merge with Ansonia, but the simple fact of the matter is the administration has not been able to get enough votes from the Derby Board of Aldermen to make it happen. It's a complicated issue, multi-sided issue. In the last few months, I'm just going to summarize this a little. I'm leaving out a lot. I'm just going to say that in advance. In the last few months, Alderman Brian Capolo, a Democrat who represents the second ward, successfully got the issue put back into a subcommittee, which ticked off the Zekin administration. And at that community relations subcommittee meeting, names were recommended to create a Derby Senior Center search committee, right? And the goal of that committee 
was to search within Derby's borders for a possible location for a Derby Senior Center. They recommended, I have it on a piece of paper here, the following people be put on the subcommittee. Again, this was the Community Relations Subcommittee, I think from, uh, I think from July maybe it was, I'm not sure. So they were going to put Barbara De Janeiro, Rob Heider, that's from the Board of Aldermen, Women, and then from the Tax Board, Jennifer DeRoche, she's a Democrat, Jeffrey Polis, that's a Republican. Then from the Elderly Commission, they were going to put on Shirley Erickson and Elizabeth Lally. Then from the Senior Center Membership Executive Board, Charlotte Ritter, and then just random Derby residents, Shirley Viani. So the expectation out of that subcommittee, again, the Community Relations Subcommittee, with the Senior Center issue, Senior Center Search Committee, right, that they had named people to, recommended, they had recommended these names be put on there. The expectation was that these names would be in front of the full board of aldermen and alderwomen at their August 11th meeting. Okay, so here is alderwoman Sarah Wadomski. She is the president of the board of aldermen, and she is asking about the issue at the very start of the meeting. Let me see if I can locate the audio, and here we go. Um, and then I just have a, a question is in the community relations is the, the 6.2.5, is that being? 6.2.5 is membership of the senior center search committee. Discussed tonight, voted upon. It's confusing that it's in that section, but not in new business. Six six point two point five, senior center search committee. Um, that should be voted on tonight. So, I already pointed that. Okay, so what happened right there is Alderwoman Wadomski is saying that we already put names on there. We thought we we're going to vote on the names that this subcommittee had added, and you have the mayor saying, "I appointed people." So it, it was supposed to be approved by the, the board of Alderman Alderman. Yeah, yeah, so under... Okay, so what's happening there is Wadomski is saying, well, I thought any names added to this committee, this new committee, the board of Alderman, Alderwomen are supposed to approve, and now we have the Derby Corporation Council stepping in. Uh, under the charter, the mayor is the uh, appointing authority of the committees of this body. So uh, the mayor made the appointment of the committee uh, and uh, I believe was notice provided of that. I, both, I thought notice was sent out of that, of the appointment of that committee. But under, uh, under the charter, it's the, the mayor has the authority to appoint committees uh, and only the mayor has the authority to appoint committees. So all our votes in the past are removed. Uh, well, again, under the charter, only the mayor has the authority to appoint committees. Yes, yes. I guess don't know of any of the other authority, uh, any other authority under the charter of anyone else to appoint committees other than the mayor. Okay. All right. So. All right. Yeah. So that gives you a taste of what's been happening at Derby meetings the past few months. And, and by the way, it turns out the mayor, he did make his own appointments to the senior center search committee. There was one created by the mayor. 
The names, as far as I could tell, weren't included in the agenda packet or mentioned at that August 11th meeting. I don't think the item came up for discussion again. And I tried to, I thought I listened to it, but I don't remember I mean, talking about the recording, but I don't think it came up again. But anyway, I got a list of the names from Walt Mayhew, the mayor's chief of staff. And yeah, they're, they're different than what the uh, subcommittee had said. The new members are uh, Alderman Gino DiGiovanni, Brian Capolo, then the same members from BOAT as before, Jeff Polis and Jennifer DeRoches. Then from the executive committee or the elderly commission, we got Bob Maturo, Janet Meisowitz, Betty Lally. Betty Lally was on the first draft there from the subcommittee. And then in terms of the general public, it's Rose Bonanto and Dot Tynan. And then just to read... This, uh, this was sent to me by the Chief of Staff. Derby Senior Center Search Committee, consistent with the request made at previous Board of Aldermen, Alderwomen to the mayor. Uh, the mayor has appointed a Derby Senior Center Search Committee. The purpose of this committee is to identify any property located within the city limits of Derby available for acquisition by the city for the purpose of constructing a new senior center. The committee, through its chairman, which is Capolo, I believe, is to report its findings back to the Board of Aldermen, Older Women, in writing, in time, for the next regularly scheduled meeting of the Aldermen on September 8th, 2022. For a property to qualify, it must meet the following conditions. It must be available for purchase, evidenced by one of the following, an active listing on the property by a realtor, a signed, a signed letter by the property owner indicating a willingness to sell the property, and the purchase price they are willing to sell the property for. The property must be able to be used for the construction of a senior center that a single level, a minimum of 5,000 square feet, and have a minimum of 60 parking spaces. The construction of the facility must, be, must meet the requirements of the zone where the property is located, et cetera, et cetera. So as far as I know, this committee has never met uh, that the mayor formed. The mayor's office said uh, they're not aware of, of any meetings. I haven't seen any agendas. I checked in with the town clerk who's uh, not working this week. So I could be wrong there. Maybe they did meet. I just haven't seen anything online or on Zoom about this particular committee whose work is supposed to be done September 8th. We'll see what happens there. But all right, I realize I just went off on a tangent there. But because the other thing going on with the senior center committee, so you have this search committee that was formed, two different versions of it, but the, the one the mayor appointed is apparently the one that's supposed to meet are supposed to be doing this work. But then you have uh, Derby is still pursuing, the administration is still pursuing grant money with the city of Ansonia. Uh, the, the entity searching for the grant money is the Naugatuck Valley Council of Governments. They kind of reached out and said, you might be able to get some, this is a regionalization project and you might be able to get some funding that you won't have to incur total uh, costs on this thing. So that's, you got a bunch of different tentacles with this, Derby Senior Center story. And I think it's one of the stories, one of the issues in Derby where the, the fighting between or the bickering or whatever you want to call it, the differences of opinion among uh, the two different factions there is rearing its head. Uh, what came up later at that same meeting, the same thing came up again. And this time you had Mark Garofalo, who is a former mayor. He's currently the town city clerk. He weighed in and disagreed quite forcefully with an interpretation offered by the Corporation Council, who then attempted to shut him down. Here we go. Anybody else from the public? 
Uh, the last call. Uh, Mark, our following town clerk uh, in the city of Derby. Um, I just want to clarify some of the things that were said before. This, our office as clerk to the board has no notice of any uh, uh, committee being appointed uh, for the senior center committee. Um, and I just want to correct Corporation Council that the section of the charter says that the mayor shall appoint the standing committees of the board. Um, it doesn't preclude, in my opinion, it doesn't preclude the board from establishing the committees. They, they can do it by ordinance or otherwise. Um, the, uh, the, um, that being said, there are items on the agenda. I've asked for this before, so I'll publicly ask for it again. As clerk of the board, uh, there's a conscious effort to keep me off email chains. Keeping me off the email chain only serves one purpose. It serves a purpose to not let the public know what's going on. Because there are items on the agenda that there's no backup material for it. And because if they're not submitted, then we can't put them on the website. Mayor, I just want to call point of order because this is now becoming a regular routine of the, of the town clerk. Yep. Right. And the town clerk needs to stay in his lane. As corporation counsel, I made a ruling. The, and I'm going to cite now section 19 of the charter. The mayor shall appoint all the regular or standing committees of said board. In my opinion, and sir, it is my opinion that matters. It is the mayor that appoints all committees of this board. So your opinion, why, while it will be noted for the record, is not relevant. Thank you. Okay. So, I mean, I've already been removed from my seat because I talk too much. So I have to sit in the back of the room now because. But you're not a lawyer and you've been given legal opinions at prior meetings. And it's becoming disruptive. Okay. But I still have a right to an opinion. In the right to be able says everything. In the public portion. That's where I'm speaking. Um, so if there's still uh, information that is not, uh, that the public does not have access to. So that is totally un-American. Un and you don't need a law degree to, to figure that part out. Um, All right. And then the town clerk goes on to raise some other, some other issues he has. And this is all available if you go to the City of Derby website, click meetings, click the year, and then scroll down to Board of Aldermen from August 11th. You can actually watch or not watch. You can listen to the entire meeting. So I thought I would just play those two clips just to give uh, a sense of what's happening in Derby because maybe some of that doesn't come through in any type of traditional text coverage of a given event. Uh, just some other things going on in Derby while I have you. Derby Fire, uh, Derby Fire Marshal Search Committee has been formed. You know, Phil Hawks just retired after about, I think, 25 years as Fire Marshal. Long, long, uh, always the first guy in every call. First guy uh, on the scene. Members of that committee are Alderwoman Barbara DeGenero, Charles Sampson, who's an alderman, then the fire commissioner, Gary Parker. Phil Hawks himself is on it, and then Michael Kelleher. Uh, as outlined by state statute, this is from a document Mr. Mayhew sent me. The current deputy fire marshal, Rich Tardy, will operate as fire marshal until a successor is chosen. It's requested it take no longer than six weeks. Arrangements have also been made with neighboring municipalities to provide assistance if needed, there is also, uh, has been formed. And again, these are committees. They have to, 
I haven't seen any agendas. If it's a committee, FOI says you have to post agendas. The mayor, it doesn't matter the purpose of the committee. Uh, the mayor has appointed the following second ward alderman members to the Bintanucci Honorary Committee for the purpose of guiding and heading up the effort to work with the family to permanently honor the life and service of Vin Tanucci to the residents of Derby in the state of Connecticut, including but not limited to renaming Fairview Terrace to Tanucci Terrace in honor of his service to the city as an alderman and state representative. Members of that committee are Brian Capolo, Gino Giovanni, and Ron Sill, who has been appointed the chair. At that August 11th meeting, there was a moment of silence for Vin Tanucci, and I have in my hand a copy of a resolution which I assume was adopted at that August 11th meeting honoring Mr. Tanucci. They uh, honored and expressed their gratitude and thanks to Vincent J. Tanucci for his more than two decades of dedicated public service and his accomplish- accomplishments in service to others. They extended their sincerest condolences to his friend's family, especially his beloved wife, Cynthia Tanucci, at the loss of Mr. Tanucci. In recognition of his contributions to the city of Derby and the state of Connecticut, they commit to working with the family to establish a permanent memorial in his honor. So Derby not forgetting in Tanucci. So let's end it with that. That was my first navel-gazing in a while. If you have any questions or comments or ideas or topics or guests want to see interviewed locally, please drop a line, valleyindependentcentral at gmail.com or click any story on valleyindy.org and choose contact the author. I get all those. I'm the only one. It's just me. For hundreds of years we brought you the news.